to Words Out Loud, a series of audio profiles of audio people. Every month, I'll be chatting to someone from my world of recorded words, colleagues, clients and friends, and I'll share that with you via my newsletter or social media accounts. You can find those links, catch up with past profiles, as well as listen to the latest episode of Low Light at crawleyvoicestudio.com. Thanks so much for listening. Well, hello, Rachel. Hi. <laughs> Hi there. So today I have with me the wonderful, fantastic, I don't know, you're a writer, you're a comic writer, Rachel E. Thorne. Rach, could you give us a bit of an introduction of yourself and tell, tell us where you're from, what you do, how describe you to us briefly? Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Rachel and I trained as an actress at Drama Studio London. And then really quickly, I got into improvisation when I left drama school and I discovered that it's an absolute joy and the most fun ever. And this fabulous opportunity to be creative because everything you ever do in improvisation is new and creative. Um, so I created several shows, which I tour around the country, improvised shows. And then alongside that, I've written comedy for quite a long time. But I've sort of refocused, probably thanks to lockdown, I'll be honest, my energies towards the writing. So that's been taking off a bit more in recent years. Right. And so when exactly did you begin to write then? Have you always written or was there a time when you just thought you'd try it out or how did that happen? I think it kicked off because I did a stand-up comedy course after I left drama school. You know, when you leave drama school, it's that thing of, uh, what do you mean I don't just get to play all day long anymore and I have to earn money now? How yeah. irritating. So really quickly, I was like, not enough, need some more. So I jumped into a stand-up comedy course. And, of course, writing your material is a huge part of stand-up yeah. comedy. But it was actually on the suggestion of the teacher to write some sketches because he was trying to illustrate a different point and he said to to kind of grasp this point, have a go at writing some sketches. So like the obedient student I am, I did. And I mean, I just went, uh, I was much, much better at writing sketches yeah. than I was at stand-up comedy. <laughs> and the stand-up comedy died a very quick death. Yeah. I just never pursued it any further after that course. But I just started writing sketches. And I mean, before I knew it, I've got absolutely dozens of them. Yes. <laughs> You're very prolific. Rachel is very pr prolific. <laughs> um, they, I mean, I think I find, what I find quite interesting about your kind of oeuvre, if you like, is that you do, as you said, you, you, you're a fantastic improviser and you've built these shows around, shows are based on improvisation. But then you also are a writer. So whereas your shows are not pre-written, do you have like an itch that you need to scratch almost by kind of like having this control over these scripts on the other hand and doing that as well or I, I will know. be honest when I'm presented with a script if I have an audition or I do some scripted work there is part of me which goes sorry <laughs> I have to say these exact words <laughs> and then repeat them lots of times every yeah. single night exactly the same and it goes against the grain a little bit now yeah. because I'm so used to turning up on stage yeah. with not one clue what's going to come out of my mouth and finding out at the yeah. same time as the audience. And yet you're perfectly happy to write those words for other people to get on stage oh. and say night after night. <laughs> I delight in writing words for other people to say. I yeah. really do. It's so nice to have 
somebody else's vision and goal um, and perspective of the world and just to give them really tightly constructed words to communicate yeah. that in hopefully the funniest way possible. Yeah, yeah I love doing that. Is that's the th- is that the thing for you then? Is that the kind of magic in what you do, do you think? The magic is the creation. Yeah. But creation needs an objective. It needs a target. One could sit in one's front room and write novels, but if nobody ever read them, I'm not really sure what the value of that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, there's a value to yourself personally, but I think art needs an audience, and I an think audience. the creation is half the story, and the audience experiencing yeah. it is the other half of the story. Yeah. And what about working with other artists? I mean, how important is that? And 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 what do do you prefer when you're writing on your own, or do you actually long when you're doing that? Are you, is the are you really thinking about the next step already and working with others? When I'm writing, I do it in my own headspace, in my own world, and it's a very wonderfully solitary pursuit but when I'm creating theatre I mean especially improvisation I just love being with other people and the magic that happens between you yeah and so it's sort of like improvisation is like collaborative writing it's just it never makes it to the page I mean have you ever do you ever do that do you ever take those your improvisations and use that as a starting point for writing or do you just make sure you never you always keep it separate well it's funny actually because so often in the improv world there's an element of doubt that you've genuinely made it up on the spot um or there are people who can't really understand why you would make it up on the spot every single day like why do 30 edinburgh shows when you can just do one 30 times um (laughs) And so I get into these conversations with people fairly often and I never, ever have taken one of our improvised shows and written it down, even though they would be perfectly valid and great scripts, most of them if we did, because the joy of the improvisation is in the moment. It's a gift between you and that day's audience. And if you took that and wrote it down, I think there would be something sort of disingenuous about it. I think the audience would have the right to say, hang on a minute, I was there too. My energy created some of that script. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, so, I mean, do you think that you'll continue on this path that you've carved out for yourself with these kind of two strands to your kind of creative practice? Honestly, I've got no idea what the path looks like. (laughs) I just do. You know, I I don't know how familiar you are with Frozen 2, but there's a song in that where she says, I'll just do the next right thing. And that's exactly how I feel about my artistic career. It's like the torch just shines in brightly enough for the next step along the path. Yeah. Um, I would never have dreamt that I would be writing for the people that I'm writing for yeah, now, you even a year ago. Yeah, exactly. Well, you write for some amazing, you make some fantastic shows. So tell us about that. You're writing for Radio 4 quite often. Yeah, uh, I was on Dead Ringers, got a sketch on Dead Ringers at Christmas. Um, I've had one-liners on Newsjack and Breaking the News. Mm -hmm. And there's no way I would have known a year ago that I'd be doing that. But here I am and I'm good at it and it's going quite well. So I don't worry about 
the path and what's coming next. Yeah. If I just have faith in what I'm doing now and the next step. I think when you, as an artist, you know when what you're doing now isn't right because it makes it really hard. And so if things get really hard like that, then it's time to, you know, close that door and allow another window to open. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. So so we're talking about kind of going forwards, I guess, if you like. But is there anything that kind of before we've got to this point that went spectacularly wrong that really did stop you? <laughs> <laughs> that we're like, no, I'm not doing that again. I mean, do you know, I mean, you know, is there, there tell me about a disaster that happened to you, if there are any, or, or uh, a kind of bad day that might be quite interesting. <laughs> well, I wrote a solo show during the first lockdown and it was an absolute joy to write it and I poured so much of my self, my heart and soul, my story. It was a piece of fiction, but it was it couldn't have been written by anybody else. And I wrote the solo show and I'm not going to write a show and not give it to an audience as I said I think that's 50% of the story so then I was like okay so I'm going to tour it what do you mean there's a global pandemic <laughs> that can't get in my way surely and lo and behold I did tour it I've toured it to um, probably about 10 different venues and I wrote it in such a way that it could be toured to very different venues yeah. because I know what touring looks like and so I wrote the flexibility into it but for all that I did that, it was still extremely challenging to go from a stage at Brighton Fringe, which was six metres by four metres. <laughs> little old me, little old one person solo show. So filling a six by four stage. Yeah. And then my next gig after that was Edinburgh Fringe. And they had told me that the stage would be two by four, I think. And when I arrived, it was one metre by two metres. <laughs> <laughs> I could barely stand on this thing I had a box full of old magazines and I had a box full of old toys and I couldn't fit both them and myself on this stage <laughs> and it was Edinburgh Fringe and I was there by myself and it was just a case of solve this in the next hour because the show is tonight <laughs> oh my god How, you must have so much grit to kind of deal with something like that on your own without the support of a you know any kind of crew or any other people on stage with you you know yeah participating it, I, the side of it I don't like is dealing with it by myself yeah so my very long-suffering and wonderful husband Craig gets the, the the sticky end of that stick yeah. um because that's it's not really solving the problem that's hard it's emotionally dealing with solving yeah. the problem yeah yeah well I suppose as well that I mean we're here in obviously you're in your in your studio and I'm in my studio and we're we're dealing with words um in kind of coming into people's headphones in their heads uh, and there isn't any of that kind of like nightmare production the stage isn't big enough kind of thing ha to have to deal with when you do this kind of thing and um and you write a lot of comedy and you write a lot of comedy for audio for radio though so your yeah. comedy sketches that you do and I don't think I don't maybe I'm wrong about this do you ever write not for comedy sketches not just for audio do you write them well, occasionally yeah I mean there's an organization in Sheffield which you know well called Next Left and the pieces I've written for Next Left which are stage pieces I think of them as extended sketches okay yeah yeah 
I was in um, one. You were in one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought of that as an ex- I mean, it was six minutes, which is much too long for a sketch, but it's the the shape and yeah. the structure of it was the same as a sketch just over six yeah. minutes rather than two minutes yeah um so I do occasionally write for the stage um I'm just extremely verbal I've always I always have been my yeah. first degree was in French and Spanish I just love words I think about words constantly I love reading I love radio I'm just n- extremely verbal and as a consequence much less visual than yeah. I am verbal uh so I think that's my that's, natural niche yeah that's that's your kind of natural environment okay that's really interesting and um of course we can all do it really cheaply nowadays because we've got these you know it's digital technology so it's it's kind of pretty much everyone can do it do you like technology uh no if i ruled the world we wouldn't even have the internet okay you'd have to go to the pub to see your friends you couldn't whatsapp them you'd have to make the arrangement and then stick to it telephone no a a landline would be oh okay so a certain level of technology but yeah yeah no i'm not i'm basically i still wish it was 1998 Okay. That would that would be my level of comfort. That's where right. I was like, yeah, the world makes perfect sense. Okay, all right. Well, that's lovely. That's very specific. Yeah. So that's yeah. always good. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> now, um, it seems to me as well, you get your ideas from everywhere. And actually, yes. in your comedy sketches, you do include, you know, kind of, there is definitely stuff that's post-1998. But there's also, <laughs> <so>. you know, <laughs> actually quite a lot of it is a, is kind of inspired by kind of things happening in the modern world you know you've got your social media is one of the themes that seems to run through quite a lot of your comedy sketches and things like that but I mean where do you get your ideas from is there a particular thing that interests you or is it that you are interested in just anything and everything and whatever comes up at the time how does that work I think it's about having um, part of your brain which is unwilling to accept what is presented to it so un- unwillingness to accept the status quo so if I experience something part of my brain goes oh why does it have to be like that why did they do it like that would it be different if and that's yeah. the part of the brain that creates a sketch because yeah. you take something that everybody is instantly recognizable and you change one aspect of it and then you've got a sketch Oh, is that how you do it? <laughs> That's how I would describe the process, yeah. Yeah, so I was, a few years ago, I was drawing my daughter's toes when she came out of the bath and she was saying, do, this little piggy went to market. And I'm like, why is the pig going to market? And before we know it, that's a sketch, which is one that you know, I know. Yes, yes, before, before we know it, there's one of the, it's the stuff of nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. Why is the pig going to market? I mean... That's obviously ridiculous. Pigs can't go to market. No, no, it means the pig's going to be sold at the market. Oh, I see, yes. So it's just that part of your brain which yeah. doesn't accept what is given yeah. oh, that's really and questions it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, a lot of your material it draws on your experience as a mother and kind of that world that you have to inhabit. And also, of, I'm sure that your um, your daughter has inspired more than one, more than just the little, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Pig, the, 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 this little piggy sketch. So, I mean, is that, do you, are you like, sometimes you're standing there just like waiting for her to say something, <laughs> <laughs> hoping that it'll be gold. 
Yeah, and I don't write anything myself. It's all the seven-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does she get a writing credit? No. <laughs> Sometimes I think she deserves one, yeah. Um, it's so great to see the world through a child's eyes because, like I say, it's one tiny part of my brain which doesn't accept the status quo and is saying, oh, why that? What if that? But when you're under seven, that's the whole world. Yeah. The whole world is up for debate. Why do I have to do it like that? Why do we live like this? Um, and that constant questioning is, um, you know, obviously it can be <laughs> quite annoying at the end of a long day. Yeah. But it's so fascinating um, to see see the world through their eyes. She lost her voice this week. She's got a bit of a cold, oh. lost her voice. She had no idea it was going to come back. Devastated. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Now then, you run, sometimes you run improvisation workshops, I know. Yeah. Have you ever considered teaching writing? Do you know, I have actually. I think I would enjoy that. Yeah. And I quite often teach at an improvisation organisation, a weekend that's run twice a year called the British Improv Project. I've taught at that lots yeah. of times. And the way that works is one pitches one's workshop and one is successful or otherwise. And I've actually mapped out a sketch writing workshop, which is a bit breaking the rules because it's an improvisation weekend. But I, but they we do odd, you know, things that are improvisation adjacent sometimes. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm hoping that will be picked up one of these days because I would like to start giving it a go, definitely. Yeah, and definitely. An, another aspect of what I do is I work with impressionists, uh, creating, collaborating with them to create material for their live shows and they often have kind of 80 percent of the idea obviously they've got this fabulous skill of being able to do the voice they're funny people they've got an attitude they know what they want to say about the person and then it's just I think of it as like pulling the strings just to tighten it up yeah um and Yeah, I really, I really like that sort of scientific side of it. Yeah, do you? So do you, I mean, often I think artists of all, lots, many disciplines find it useful to be given parameters or to be given a brief. Do you like that as well? Yeah. Yeah, love it. Mm. I absolutely love it. Mm, Because I write my own things, whatever comes into my head as well. Yeah. But yeah, give an object, it's like in acting, isn't it? As soon as you have, if you're doing a monologue, as soon as you have an objective, yeah, then you can just feel the energy that drives it, and it's the I, that's the for me it's the same in writing when somebody wants something that looks a bit like this and sounds a bit like that and has it's packaged like that, then you just go yeah okay yeah let's do that yeah I mean, have you heard of the writers podcast Prompty Prompt I think you must oh have, yes you know, Letty, I have so. yeah I know, I, I've probably told you this but I um. I did when they did a kind of call out for anyone and they put some prompts out for people to write and I was in a bit of a rut and feeling a bit grumpy and I thought oh I'll have a go they've asked me to do it I'll have a go and um and it properly kick-started me I mean you know I dabble about with a bit of writing occasionally and it's just started me off and I'm I'm you know writing this kind of strange audio soap slash book thing and it's all because of that and I just think you know sometimes you just need either someone else to kind of poke you or just to give you yeah those parameters just to get you going and actually it's not just that piece of writing or visual art that it helps it can actually help get you back on 
you know, into the into that world and just kind of enjoying it all again. And absolutely, yeah, yeah it's mm. brilliant. There's a corollary there with improvisation, actually, because of course, in improvisation, you could do and say absolutely anything. Yeah, and the prospect of that for most people is completely limiting that, that yeah it, also it silences terrifying. you yeah it's terrifying yeah. yeah it silences you You say absolutely anything your brain just goes blank but then you say okay it's three forty a.m and we're in the minor injuries clinic at sheffield hospital yeah suddenly your brain is alive with well who would be there who is there at that time in the morning how yeah. have they got the injuries and it's actually more creative to have limitations yeah. Oh, that's so, yes, it really is interesting, isn't it? Well, yeah. well, I hope that you do do some teaching of sketchy writing type stuff. Um, yeah, and, me too. Yeah, and we'll make sure that we've got, um, people have got your contacts later so that, um, and then if people want to know, then we can connect them with you. Well, I'm really um, proud of myself, actually, because I made myself a website with my own bare hands. <laughs> bare hands, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I fashioned it out of clay, a clay website. Yeah. Uh, and that is rachelithorne.com. So yeah, people can yeah. check me out and well, contact me through there. Excellent. Now then, we haven't quite finished, so don't think you're getting away with that that easily. <laughs> because uh, now we come to the fun bit, so I'm going to ask you like nice things, like about, for example, what are you listening to or reading at the moment? Or is there anything that you've seen lately that you just has blown you away and thinks that you think is fab? Oh, yeah. So for Christmas, my husband sourced individually the complete Dimsy series, which is a series of schoolgirl books set in a girls boarding school, which were written, uh, I think the first one was written in 1920. Uh, so they're post First World War, England, and Scotland, um, and a girls boarding school. And I love them <laughs> one of these days there is going to be a show or a play or stand up or something that comes out of me which is okay. set in a girls boarding school excellent well that's something it's just a genre to. i just cannot get enough of excellent yes jolly good jolly hockey sticks jolly hockey jolly sticks. good okay we look exactly. out for that that's fantastic and what about your kind of all-time greats so if for example i was to pack you off to a desert island and you didn't know when you were going to get rescued <gasps> what music would you take you're allowed at one track only this is not radio four uh, oh. and one book so they've got to be good what are you going to uh -oh. take one track that you would still want to listen yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's quite challenging, isn't it? Is it is quite challenging. <laughs> um, I am super keen on uh, Let's Go Fly a Kite from Mary Poppins. Because my daughter, <laughs> yeah, my daughter discovered Mary Poppins, I think when the second, you know, more recent film came out. And so we went through a phase of playing the music. And if ever you're having a bit of a blue day, Let's all go fly a kite. Yeah. It's da -da 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 just guaranteed to pick you up. Exactly yes. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it is so, a very jolly song. So I think if I'm stuck on a desert island on my own, yeah. I'll be I'll be well up for a bit of bit of that. Okay. Bit of Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's very that's, that's an impressively well thought out um, uh, answer. What would you read? What would I read? Well, I am super keen on Alex Garland's The Beach. And I think if I'm oh, going yes. to be stuck on an island, on a tropical island, let's hope, in Thailand, yes. let's hope, that is, you know, 
like the beach, I think it would be nice to read something set in that world. Yeah. You could almost use you... it like a handbook and try and find yeah. that mythical, beautiful lake. Yeah. Have you have you read the beach? I have read the beach. Not only have I read the beach, I've also seen the film, but also oh, yes. I have been to the place which Alex Garland Alex Garland used as inspiration for it. Oh, have you? Been How to that wonderful. island. Yeah, and it is absolutely glorious. It's a nature reserve actually, so you can't kind of swim in it or anything. Um Golly. but yeah, you can you can walk you can hike up over the kind of hill and come down the other side and there is this beautiful blue lagoon with amazing stripy fish in it. All right, I'll go there, please. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll send you there with our infinite budget. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and what when you're there, when you're on your little island, what would you miss most of all? What's the most important things oh, in family. Rachel's life? Your family. Family, yes. family, family. Yeah. Can't can't do without them. Nothing yeah. works without them. No. Bless them. What about as well? So this is my last question. It's just for fun. If I was to give you, say, I don't know, a hundred thousand pounds or something like that what would you do in terms of like um like a kind of creative project what do you think you would do i would buy a theater which would obviously not okay. be possible with i'm gonna give you pounds. a little bit more money to help <laughs> little you with bit that more. <laughs> i would like to buy a theater and uh house touring fringe productions because every year I go to Edinburgh and I see the most amazing people make the most amazing pieces of theatre that are just from left field. They're not wacky necessarily. They've just come from a place that you didn't know was there. Yeah. And it's so inspirational. It's so wonderful. And these shows struggle to tour because there's, there is not an Edinburgh Fringe style audience available in every other location in the yeah. country. Yeah. So I would I would love to create a theatre to house that kind of work. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Wonderful. Well, I let's I do hope that you win the lottery and that you end up doing that. I'll give you a call. <laughs> Please do. Please do. Well, anything what's and what's coming up? Have you got any exciting projects uh, on the go so that much. I don't know about? Oh, go on. So much them. coming up. Yeah. So I'm writing for two stand-ups, which is a joy. Mm. And and I did go to Edinburgh Fringe in 2021. I was in the very small number of artists who did manage to go in 2021 and it was a joy but it will be so nice to be at a yeah. proper edinburgh fringe again excellent and details of all of that oh these shows etc are available via your website i'm assuming that's right rachelithorn.com made with my own bare hands excellent and any other contact details you'd like to share uh social media etc or no there's a there's a little form that you can fill in and i have tested the form and it works so if somebody would like to you know put a legitimate inquiry into that form <laughs> that would actually be quite nice <laughs> rather than the interesting uh, opportunities yeah. for bitcoin investment that yeah you're yeah currently getting as i get some of those as well Oh, thank you ever so much. So that's um, been brilliant. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And uh, I, I can't thank you enough. And, and it only remains for me to say good luck with all of those projects. And see you soon. Thank you so much. Okay. See you soon. Bye. Bye. That's it for this month. Thanks for joining me. And thank you to my guest this week, Rachel E. Thorne. The Words Out Loud theme tune was written and produced by Gerard Fletcher. Music
Thank you.